You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of Paint the Town Podcast, episode 89. 89 wow. yeah. coming up on coming up on 100 yeah <laughs> soon man soon man i i mean hopefully i don't know how i mean i'm too lazy to do the math man but hopefully by 100 we'll be out of this quarantine you know what i mean probably not unfortunately <sighs> probably not and <laughs> you know that's like we were talking about before unfortunately due to the inability of most Americans to be able to uh, control themselves and not go out and do stuff. You know? Europeans yeah. have got a better handle in the situation because they're just, they're better about, you know, hunkering down and, and not needing to go out and, and socialize so much. I think it's um, the word is discipline or something like that, right? You know, you know um, that too. That too. Like they a, are a bit more disciplined. You know, they weren't, most of them weren't, you know, repressed in their earlier life from, you know, alcohol or, or uh, certain sexual images. And, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a wicked little potion that we mix up for our youth here and what we're setting them up for when we repress them from certain things. And then all of a sudden they have a wide open, you know, reign to go do whatever the hell they want when they're 18. Uh, it creates quite a, uh, quite a problem. I mean, and also we have like such a. It's my opinion, though. We have a very complicated culture at the end of the day, man. I mean, like in European culture, it's like, um, you know, talking about Laser Three, uh, One Four today, basically. Um, you know, they have a certain. I mean, if you remember today, he was like, "Oh, there's an Ethiopian, there's a, a Dutch guy, there's a, a Swedish guy." You, you know what I mean? Everybody already has their box to fit into, actually. You know, and. Um, over here, American, that's such a broad spectrum, man, you know, and uh, like I said, man, it's interesting how we're all handling this, uh, uh, you know, pandemic issue, man. I mean, I want to keep reminding people about it because it's not over, man, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think most of our listeners probably uh, probably know that, though. Yeah, Pretty that's smart true. Folks. Uh, there's a doorbell, man. So uh, today we have a special guest, B-Love, man. So uh, B-Love uh, special request from a lot of our listeners man so uh we're gonna um you know ha we're i enjoy the work man I, the, the stencil work is is nice and clean and um i love the uh the concepts and the images that that's being put on the street good stuff yeah man and any uh recommendation by stephen levy man i'm always down you know what i mean because uh mr levy <laughs> yes our brother stephen i love that. did uh did, did b love do a stencil of stephen yet Oh, no, we got to ask him, man. <laughs> That's a good point, man. Uh, I'm gonna it, man because uh, there's a doorbell, man. Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. Welcome, beloved. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. We're hanging in there, man. We're doing the... You know, the Zoom thing here, we'd much rather be able to come hang out in your studio there already. It looks, looks pretty cool. I'm guessing that's where you're where you're joining us from, uh, is your studio, right? 
It is. It's office slash studio slash wherever wherever I can hide out and escape from things for a while. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, man. We appreciate it. Like I said, normally we, uh, you know, we'd be there in your studio with us, or you'd be in our studio hanging out, and uh, we'd be having a nice, you know, face to face conversation. Not sitting here hoping that this doesn't seize up right when you're saying something wonderful. You know. <laughs> It, it is. That's that's the beauty of it. The words of wisdom, you know, coming coming out of the teacher's mouth that he just freezes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going, "Oh shit! What oh shit! Is he? That was it. That was the moment. You know, we Usually have like, the, the more interesting stuff is coming from is. Our, huh? And that's how you cut the stuff. <laughs> Nice fucking with here. It is. It's good. <laughs> no, I can't. No, I, he, he got me a couple times, though. I, I, you know what I mean? The, uh, the lag has been an issue for some episodes, but uh, hopefully for this one, it'll be smooth, man. But, um, you know, we got a lot of requests to uh, have you on, man. And, you know, your work cool. is pretty, pretty cool, man. So I wanted to, uh, uh, you know, introduce you to the audience, man. So uh, it's, it's be love, right, basically? It's, it's be love. The... Um... Or, or as as people have in different times, uh, one person, oh, oh, it's B Love. He goes, he goes for weeks. I've been going bluff. Who's bluff? I don't get, I don't get the bluff. <laughs> Two, B, and then love. But you know what? I just, uh, um, I was just thinking, just offhand, uh, someone who would probably enjoy your work. Um, uh, there's, uh, you ever watch UFC fights? Every once in a while. Oh, okay. We're, uh, James and I are big UFC fans. Um, I'm a bit of a nerd myself. Um, but uh, one of my uh, favorite fighters is uh, this guy by the name of Ben Saunders. And Ben Saunders, um, his, uh, you know, fighting name is the Killer Bee. So, um, you know, maybe you uh, get together with him, do a little collaboration or something like that. Uh, I'm sure he would appreciate that. Well, I have to look that up. Now, oh, yeah. is it, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. Somebody did something with uh, Floyd Mayweather um, a long time ago. Did a piece and then got a, you know, like, God. See, I know I'm getting old because I can't remember the, the important details of any stories anymore. <laughs> um, but it has to do with a fighter, basically, right? So but yeah, no, but then they got, they got the phone call going, yeah, Floyd wants something for his gym. And he goes, oh, shit, yeah, you got it. I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. It wasn't me. It definitely Those things wasn't like me. that so, happen, uh, man. So people know you can't be as old as I am. How old are you, uh, Bilo? Uh, I'm I'm 45. I'm, yeah, I'm, so I'm pushing your your bracket there. I'm 51. So you're you're, you're not a part of the uh, 50 club yet. We're getting, <laughs> you, uh, getting there. Are you a father? I am. I've I've got I've got two running around the house right now. How old are they? Uh, both boys, one is 12 and one is eight. 12 and eight year old boys. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah. our son is, uh, you know, he likes to tear things up. Our daughter likes to make things pretty and, and decorate and everything. What are the, uh, what are the sons like? Are they, are they the demolition duo or what, what happens there? They, um, it depends on the day. The 12 year olds, um, now exploring the boundaries of, hey, I'm going to take that apart, okay? <laughs> Which you have a lot of moments where you just go, no, 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 put, put that down. Um, the, he came into, uh, my wife and I were 
sitting up here talking earlier today, and he walks in and goes, hey, guys, do we have lighter fluid? Oh, that's never uh, a good I said, whatever, the, whatever the question is, no, we don't. We have none. I don't know what you want to do with it, but no, there's none in the house, nothing flammable. Stop. Did you ever find um, out what that was uh, he, about? It's the beauty of YouTube and science experiments, where he was saying, <laughs> okay, so I'm trying to remember what it was. It was if we take lighter he was trying to make lighter fluid and charcoal and baking soda and then you can make we used to call them uh snakes the old fourth of july snakes they come in a little square and you light it on fire and it grows and it grows and grows oh, Apparently, wow. you can make that at home if your parents have lighter fluid um so, <laughs> so we're, we're trying to avoid we that chemist here we got a little chemist yeah. on our hands basically huh he's watching uh Science videos, man. That's pretty cool, it's man. It's when he starts taking my breather and goes out in the backyard and starts playing Breaking Bad. That I'm gonna be worried. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. You know, I'm a chemist yeah. myself, man. So you know, it's always, it's always. Yeah, I got a mobile home. I'm gonna park it in the back here and do some stuff in there. So we'll do it. Still, still a 10% cut, right, teacher? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in your yard. You know, that's it's that's good. It's all good. <laughs> So where is your studio actually? Where are you well, wait from? Wait a second. What about it? What about the eight-year-old? Um, he he is very happy at the moment watching his older brother do things, and then learning. When yeah, it's it's a scary learning curve. And then when you say okay, we're done, he's like, well, I didn't get to do anything. And I said, well, yeah, you sat there and watched him play video games for an hour. Every time you take the controller, he would go, no, no, let me show you, and then. When it's dinner time, you get upset because you didn't get to do anything. Um, so he's he's learning his areas of rebellion. Um, <laughs> lockdown has been good for him to develop his own sense of rebelling against everything that his parents say. Um, oh God! What's the homeschooling? What was the homeschooling like? They they took to it really well. Um, I, I've heard mixed reviews from people um they did really well it was fun to see everyone in the house on different zoom calls at the same time so it really it was a good test for the bandwidth that we have um but they'd all be on their video calls doing their thing you'd walk in the room and they'd look and go what i'm working i'd be like okay sorry I didn't i didn't know just making sure our class was going well you're, you're cool um but they they took to it very well um the only disconcerting part is that the 12-year-old can complete his entire day of school in about three hours, which really makes me wonder what um, what else happens at school. Yeah, there's that all, all that the in-between time that you go, how how are you still coming home with homework? You've got you should be able to crank your stuff out. I wonder the same thing, my friend. I wonder the same thing. It's it's been rough. It's been rough well, yours, over here. Yours, how old are yours? Mine are 10. Okay, yeah. both. Ten, yeah, twins, yeah. Right? Ten, and, 10 and 10. I recommend one at a time like you did. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's been, uh, it, it's, it's extra tough because of Linux with a sensory processing disorder. You know, it's something like that. They, they thrive on schedule and knowing what's going mm -hmm. on and anything new messes with them and everything. And it's like, it seemed like every day was something new or a different time that they're getting on and a different way they're doing whatever they're doing. So, you know, poor Linux was, was really struggling. Um, but, you know, he hung in there and, and you know, did, did the best he could and, and actually, you know, towards the end was, was starting to get the hang of it. And the way it looks, 
um, it looks like we may be doing like a half day type of thing, um, you know, where they go in, into school for like the first part of the day and then they come home and then probably on the, you know, the Zoom thing. Um, <clears throat> but I got to tell you that the amount of time that it took was a lot. It was in the same for Georgie. There were most days they had about um, six or seven hours worth of um, work that we had to do, uh, you know, either an hour and a half on the Zoom meeting and then they'd have um, handouts from emails that we had to print out and then they would, you know, work on those and the books they had to read. And, you know, by the time you get done with doing all this stuff, you know, it's about two o'clock in the afternoon. You know, we get started about eight o'clock, 8.30 in the in the morning and so you know it's like wow that's uh but you know what i gotta think that they probably got a lot more out of what they were taught and they learned a lot more here at the house just being one-on-one yeah. -on -one. how do you how do you feel about that no i i would i would have to agree with that i think it's um i i think the scheduling is you know i've it's summer now, so they don't know. Nobody wakes up, so um, of course now I slide into that too. So my wife. Um, yesterday we were up at six. Today I was up at nine thirty, and she goes, "You do have stuff to do during the day. You can't just sleep." I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I, got, I got real things to do. Sorry about that." Um, so you you slip into summer a little too easily when everybody's at home. Um, but yeah, no, they the the scheduling was good. Um, we relied heavily on. Uh, our Amazon uh, artificial intelligence system, just because nobody was really paying attention to clocks in the beginning. So we just kind of started putting everything in there. It's like, okay, well, you've got, you've got a Zoom at 3.15, you've got art at, you know, 4.45, you've got, you know, and you, so the house was just announcing things all day long and you kind of go, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta log on, hold on. So you have your um, Amazon, so uh, how, your, your, house wired with Amazon like alerts that tells you like, hey, Zoom call, basically. We do, yeah, we have, let's see what, this, wow. is, this is how, the problem is I'm, I'm a bit of a tech whore, um, okay. which my wife has just gotten to, but Alexa, turn off art lights. Wow, there you go. <laughs> Alexa, turn on art light. So, so we just kind of set everybody's reminders. I just spent like, you know, two hours one day going through everybody's schedules. We just set reminders for everybody. Um, so if I had work calls, the kids had Zoom things, my wife's schedule. So it would just randomly announce. It didn't matter what room you were in. You would just hear the announcement. You'd look at your watch and go, oh, yeah, okay, this is what we got to do. I'm always curious. Like if I go, Alexa, play YMCA. Okay, at least it responded something, you know what I mean? I'm always curious about how sensitive uh, Alexa is because, I don't know, man, call me old school, but I'm fucking afraid of that thing, man. Like, you know what I mean? I'm <laughs> Alexa, volume at 10. can't see james is doing the old uh, village people point deal no, I was, and i just threw hey, up in my what? mouth a little bit it no, is no. alexa music off now she's not listening alexa 
Music it wasn't up. immediate, but it's still, uh, it was worth the radio bit, man. Shit, man. It did. I had, to, I had to grab the speaker from the other side of the room. I love it, um, man. The, the, da the danger, I will say this, though, the danger of having these devices is they are like other kids. You will find yourself standing in the middle of the kitchen screaming at it, going, I said set a timer! And you just, <laughs> they, they don't listen either, which is the problem. So, so you're totally like bought into this. Like you don't care about they listening, basically. I mean, they are, right? They, the infamous they. Whoever they are, <laughs> I just have to say that I believe that Amazon and Apple and Facebook are all doing an amazing job with everything that they try. And if they are listening, it's important to know that I support them wholeheartedly. Oh, you're smart. You're a smart individual there, Brady Love. <laughs> That's the, that's the best thing to say right there. <laughs> it is. You kiss, kiss up to the digital unknown. And don't forget, uh, you know, you know, the Chinese are listening too, man. So shout out to the Chinese as well. <laughs> China's listening to fucking everything, dude. It is. Everything. Let me just tell you, I went to Shanghai with James in November of last year. And I think we both got the corona and got over it when we were over there. Um, because like the first night, he's like, a, but that was, that was the, the pollution. Pollution over there is absolutely oh, yeah. It's really, really tough over there. Um, I lost my point. What the hell was I saying? We're talking about uh, uh, they're watching in China. They. <laughs> I love how they is the. We're we're t we're talking about how they are watching. You know, I love how they oh, is dude. like the U.S. So government, back, but it also includes China. <laughs> you know, yeah, what I mean? oh, yeah. when I got back from that, um, the the first couple of phone calls that I had, um, there were like weird sounds and shit, and so. You know, there's like no doubt in my mind that when I was over there with my phone, whatever they are able to do when their phone is on, they did. And so now they're, they're, I, you know, I, I just it wouldn't surprise me if they're listening to everything I do now. So it's kind of crazy. I mean, like TikTok is they, they're telling people like, hey, like for sure. This is like uh, you, you, we need to like ban it possibly. You know what I mean? And uh this is like a viral app. I mean, our friends, uh, you know, Franklin Marshall III, they're, you know, he made his fame on TikTok, man, you know? So it's kind of crazy that this is actually a serious issue, man. But we're in a different world nowadays. What do you think about that, B-Love? Well, the problem, the problem is, if you, you know, we can go all deep and historical. Um, I, have, I have friends, you know, I was a, I was a theater major. So I have, I have friends that are on the very hippie side of the world. Um, who have that concept of you know, shouldn't sign up for that, the government's watching, and you go, you have a library card. I mean, that's how they used to do it. You had a library card. They knew what books you checked out. You, you know, you were on the flagged list if you took out 1984 or Catcher in the Rye or any of these things. <laughs> so you're already, you're already on that list. Now the technology has just made it easier because nobody goes to libraries. They just know what you're downloading. On hey, what the Kindle. fuck is a library, man? They just <laughs> See? Yeah, I know. For young, young kids like you, is a neat building with books and... Yeah, all they do is just pull up your Google search now, or search history right. now, you, you know what I mean? James is older than he looks, by the way. I just want to fucking say that. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to slide, over here. He looks like he's like 21 or 22 or whatever. What do you know, like 37? Yeah, I'm turning 37 this year, man. Uh, Asian don't raisin, man. What can I say, dude? You, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> this but hey, man. Well, no, the thing of it is, and man, but, one on here earlier, he's like got three kids. You know, the youngest one is graduating high school and shit. He looks like he's 
you know, late 20s or some shit. Meanwhile, I got 10-year-olds and I look like I'm fucking 70. It's like, <laughs> fuck you bastards, man. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, it, it's, it is. It's crazy. Um, I, I look back, you know, the, the problem with having kids now is you start looking through, like, old photos and stuff and cleaning up and you go, wow, I was so young. And you kind of have that moment where you, you're sitting there with the old picture going, no, God, I, I mm, God, how old was I? Um, and I have no concept of other people's ages or time beyond this. I can, I can look at people and go, yeah, probably within a decade of me. But if you're, if you're 25 or below, I've got no idea how old you are. Um, <laughs> which I don't know if it's good or bad, but like you'll see people out, you know, back, back when we could go out, um, you'd see people in a, you know, bar ordering margaritas and you'd go, come on. Yeah. You're, oh you're yeah. 12. Where did you get yeah. a fake ID? <laughs> yeah. And oh, they're no, like, no, I'm 30. And you just go, oh shit, I'm really old now. Do, do people, do people my generation go to the theater? Just curious, since you're uh, in that world. I mean, you're a theater major, right? I, I was there. Do people of your generation? Yeah, I mean, I feel they? like uh, I feel like I do hear people going to Hamilton. You, you know what I mean? But I feel like that's like, hey, I went to Hamilton. It's super exclusive, and I can't get into. I want to show everybody, but nobody understands the content in my generation. Um. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's. I think it is. I think I think the term theater has a very wide swing to it. Okay. Um, you know. They did Susical the Musical on Broadway, so I, I don't know where to really, you know, punctuate that. <laughs> um, but there, I think you get a really diverse thing, right? I mean, groups you... going. I mean, my kid has been to more operas than I have, just through things with school, where they do these. You know, they'll bust everybody down to the Philharmonic, and they'll get to watch okay. a dress rehearsal or something, and he comes home going, "Oh my God, Dad, you got to see La Boheme," and you're like. How are you doing? <laughs> you know, this Spoiled is... little fuck. Damn. Fuck <laughs> school. Culver City Public School. Amazing. Um, which is the beauty of it. It's a nice small district, and they have uh, very dedicated music and arts teachers who know how to make phone calls and get kids invited to these things. And it's amazing. My wife has chaperoned a couple of them, and I'm like, well, I, I want to go. I want to do fun stuff. Absolutely. Well, you know, and, and with a town like L.A., with all the, you know, all the <clears throat> possibilities that you have here, it's amazing, you know? So there very well should be, you know, uh, art teachers and, and teachers with connections to be able to provide their students with that oh, type yeah. of, uh, you know, experience. That's awesome. So let's get a little bit into uh, to your past. Um, where, where are you originally from? I, I am born and raised in L.A. or L.A. outskirts, depending on, on how, you, okay. how you view it. Surprising. Okay, um, what, what, what part? Because uh, we were uh, La Cunada for up until fifth grade and then Pasadena. And then okay, so SGB2. All right, San Gabriel Valley. Yeah. Nice. nice. The boy James here is uh, West Covina. Uh, right. Right there. So, yeah, got a little bit in the house. I escaped from Florida. So, you know, it's. Uh... <laughs> and, 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 how, and how was it? I was listening to one of your things earlier. Um, Thank you. you. You still do this in the car. You drive to Florida. Yeah, I drove. <laughs> that's insane i dedicate you know the the, the 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 power and dedication to do that is is amazing but and i love a good road trip my my family you know if i could drive 
everybody everywhere I would because I just get a kick out of it. But try doing it without. Yeah, yeah, much more control. You're not in a cabin with a bunch of other people breathing their air and everything. You can stop whenever you want. You can get going whenever you want. It's awesome. This this particular time, um, I drove the whole way home and back without the radio on. I just I just drove in silence just to let all the stuff that was going on in my head just go. And um, you know, it was, it was a very interesting experience. I, you know, it seemed like the first five hours I was almost wanting to scream my fucking head off. But then uh, after about like eight or nine hours or so, I'd finally, you know, everything had just kind of washed out. And, and I was finally hitting a point where um, what people don't realize is if you're listening to music where you're on the road, it, it shows the passage of time, you know, because it's like, oh, my God, I just finished a song. Okay, I'm playing another song. Okay, I'm, I just listened to this whole album, you know, and it's like, okay, so I should be, you know, this far. Um, but when you leave the radio off and it's just silence, there's you know, certain times where like all of a sudden it's like, whoa, man, three hours just passed by, you know, with, um, and it seemed like it was only 15 minutes. So it was, it was really bizarre at times. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I do highly recommend it for anyone who can to do something like that occasionally just to kind of help cleanse the, the brain and, and help you to figure out, you know, certain things. You don't have anything coming at you at the time. You're just, you're, you're allowed to kind of, think about whatever the hell you want to think about it's nice it's, but, um, it's, just, it's a moving meditation yeah absolutely uh and i you know i do transcendental meditation which i highly recommend as well that's changed my life big time that's that's helped me to get a lot better control of my anger and, and rage and everything so um but getting back to uh yourself here um when did when did the art um first start showing itself in your life um See, this is one of those great loaded questions that we'll just open the door and, and see where we run with this. Um, I was, as my wife, my wife likes to say, you always had, you were always artistic. You always did artistic things. So, you know, I was a, I was a theater major in college and uh, did that in high school. Um, never played an instrument, was not. I'm amazed at people who can pick up a guitar and play it. I have a, a very nice guitar uh, in the other room that was given to me Oh, geez, I don't know, three or four years ago by my family, and it still sits there untouched. No, no idea how to play it. It's a nice Every piece of I art, start, too, I just uh, visually, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it looks good. It sits yeah. next to the piano that I also don't know how to play. <laughs> um, the, the rest of the family can play the piano, and I just sit there and go, ah, it's pretty. That's a pretty <laughs> piano. Um, so music always, always gets me. I love that people have that ability. Um, I'll digress momentarily, was watching a documentary called Echo in the Canyons. Echo in the Canyon? I've seen it, About yeah. the Laurel Canyon, Canyon music scene done by uh, Jacob Dylan, Bob Dylan's son. Um, Fucking amazing document. First of all, I love Jacob Dylan, man. That guy doesn't get enough credit. Bob Dylan's son, I mean. Oh, yeah. He, you know, Wallflowers, One Head Light. I mean, in the 90s, that album was the shit. And, like, I'm mean, talking about being overshadowed by his dad, man. Your, your dad is fucking Bob Dylan, you, you know what I mean? So, right. anyways, he did this amazing documentary on uh, the music coming out of Laurel Canyon. It was the 70s? Yeah, 60s and 70s. Yeah. So it was all Mamas and the Papas and the Birds and all these things. And I, um, this isn't the only reason I married her, but, um, I'm sitting here watching this going, oh my God, you know, going, this is amazing. This, this was this, this revolutionary movement of these musicians getting together and collaborating and, 
sharing these ideas and putting these things into the universe that send this ripple of change through the world. And I pause and just this voice next to me goes, and what do you think you do? And you go, wait, what do you mean? She's like, the, the artists, the street artists, the people who are going out in the midst of all the shit that's going on and putting things on a wall or a power box or you know, doing a projection project, all these things that you stumble into and go, oh, oh yeah, we, there is that, you know, you, when, you, when you try to put your ego into it, you go, yeah, fuck that, we're changing the world. This is, this is what we do. But it's interesting to see the dynamic from, through somebody else's lens, which I really love. I, I, um, I really like that because I saw this documentary as well and it really spoke to me because <clears throat> they're talking about the L.A. sound during that period of time, right? Yeah. And the L.A. sound was, uh, y you know, I mean, I think it would be, you have to start it off with kind of like the Doors, you know, the Doors being from L.A., they're kind of like a bluesy thing, right? But that kind of evolved into... Uh, a beachy and folky sound basically you know the eagles were like an la band basically right you know and a lot of their stuff is very folky so um you, you know it i can see that as like this concentrated group of artists it's just like they really made a change man i never thought about it that way for street art but you know one of the things i love about la is because people always come here to get up basically if you're from another country you're going to come to la and you're going to get up so it's so concentrated here, the, the street art scene that we have. So I totally understand what your wife means, man, by like uh, making a difference by these images, man. Well, and we, you know, what was the, um, the old saying, you know, uh, good artists borrow, great artists steal. Um, I said that, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what we do. I mean, you know, I don't know how many, you know, Amy, uh, Amy Smith talks about using teachers, you know, stencil method, car part. Love it. Uses a variation of that. Um, there's all you, you meet these people and you kind of go, oh God, you know, how how do you do this? How do you do that? When I did my first um, one of my first pieces, I um, I DM'd Meg Zaney, who I was following on Instagram, and said, Look, sweetheart, love Meg. I've I've never met her in person. I've seen I've seen her throwing stuff up every once in a while, um, and I've talked to her on social media. But she was, you know, one of the first voices to kind of go, okay, make sure you use the screen. That way, you know, you can get your islands up there and you don't have any floaters going around. And I, and I just kind of went, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that totally, yeah. Uh-huh. That makes sense, yeah. Why didn't, I'm an educated person. Why didn't I think of that? You just, okay, good. And you, and you, you do, you steal, from, you steal from the other artists. You steal from the people, the styles that you like, the... Um, techniques. The techniques. Techniques are, are um, you know, those are open game as far as I'm yeah. concerned. And you, and, you, and you adapt it to yourself. You get certain things and you go, oh yeah, this really works for me. Um, I was watching a thing, um, Shepherd Fairy, uh, which I never noticed, and I don't know if it's his standard practice, but he will cut the stencil on the wall. Yeah, interesting. Which blows my mind. Like he's- Because I, I can picture, that would take me weeks to do if I'm you know, putting something up and go, I'll make sure I do the line right, I, you know. But to watch other people do it, you just, it's, it's the craft. It's the amount the of best, time. Best kind of textbook you can ever have. Yeah. This is why in the olden days, people would apprentice with, you know, the, the masters of painting and um, iron forgery and all these things. You learn by somebody who's been doing it their whole life and they can sit there and go, no, 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 do it. trust me, do it this way. You'll figure it out. 
I definitely love that because I remember um, when Flex, uh, with the tape artist, he was on our episode, and he had mentioned when he, we were watching Exit Through the Gift Shop, that was the first time he was like, it was the first time you got to see a master work on his craft, like right there. And he said that he saw Banksy cutting a stencil on the floor, basically. You, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, you, you get to under, it's like kind of deconstructing their whole process. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I didn't even like think about that, but like, uh, you know, you rarely get to see the process in back in the day. Nowadays, I mean, guys like are very generous, like Tisha, that, you know, share their process online. You, you know, I mean, you can watch it over and over and over again instead of uh, <laughs> just like, you know, uh, learning from him in person. You know, I mean, so that's super cool, man. I, I just think. Oh, no. And it, and there used to be, um, and. So watch, we're going to jump the shark here and come all the way back. Um, so start, no starting out uh, for me was about four years ago. Um, and it was, you know, I've never, I've, like like all kids, you you do art when you do art. You have your classes, you screw around, you color outside the lines, you do those things. Um, my wife was uh, diagnosed with stage four colon cancer four years ago. Oh, wow. So I had a lot of time sitting in hospital rooms. And you do what you can to occupy your mind. So I started kind of drawing on the iPad and creating because it gave me something to do. Um, she's doing amazing. We've got incredible doctors who are renegades in what they do and kicking ass. Um, but early on, we took a took the kids to Europe because she said, if we're gonna, <laughs> we're not, that the, the view of the world changes. You no longer sit there and go, oh, we'll do it next year. She went, look, I'm healthy. We're good. We're cleared to travel. Let's, let's do it. Do it now. And we were in, um, we we're in Amsterdam at the, there was a Banksy and Salvador Dali Museum. And we're wandering through, and my now 12-year-old, as, you know, from the mouths of babes kind of situation, leans over and kind of elbows me and goes, hey, Dad, his stuff looks a lot like your stuff. And I said, oh, wow, cool. That's, you know, thank you. That's a good compliment. Nice he goes, compliment. You show, yeah, he goes, you should show people your stuff. And I went, what? Why, why, why would I show people my stuff? That's insane. And that was kind of the, the motivation to, to go, all right, well, let's put it on Instagram. Let's, you know, see what happens. And um, made some awesome. you know, very, good, very good connections in just that weird moment of going well you know this is the, the teaching moment from your from your child that you go oh yeah this is what <laughs> this is what i tell you you gotta you gotta try you gotta put yourself out if you fail you pick yourself up um and it kind of just kind of profound that. man that that came from your from your own kid to like yeah. go ahead and say dad show your stuff man that's awesome um, yeah, no, and it's great. And it's, he's in, both my kids are in a, are, you know, I, since I have models walking around the house, I can sit there and go, no, 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 do this. All right, put, no, put your head here. All right, let me, okay, I know what that looks like now. Good, get out of here. Um, oh, yeah, no, so, perfect reference. Yeah, so I, I think it's them, amazing yeah. that, uh, both you guys, your kids kind of inspired you to start doing street art and putting stuff out on the street. Cause, you know, for teach too, I mean, you know, I think the education program and everything like that being cut and him having kids is kind of what inspired you, right, teach? Well, yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, it's interesting that his, his kids actually are the ones that told him to, 
like yeah. they actually told them to get up. <laughs> Mine, you know, they were sure. a uh, basically one of the reasons why I decided to get up was, um, you know, because they were born and, and you know what's going on with the education system. But you know, they uh, <clears throat> they never actually told me, you know, hey, Dad, you should you should show your stuff because they they've already seen themselves all over town. Right, they love it. You know what I mean? They're like I'm gonna be famous. I'm like, yeah, you're. <laughs> You're going to be more famous than I am because it's your face, not me. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've, we've tried, I try to, I try not to put their faces in stuff. Um, mainly because I, you know, I don't want it. To, you know, I, as they're getting older, there's going to be that point where somebody's like, hey, I saw you on a billboard. You'd be like, oh. yeah. Yeah. Identity, <laughs> there's an identity situation that comes along with that. So it's very yeah. understandable. Um, but, um, it also, I, for me, at least it allows me to, um, distort the image into what I want it to be without having to go, okay, this, <laughs> he's going to get pissed if I do this to him. Um, I can sit there and go, no, it's not you. That's, he's like, yeah, that's totally me. I'm like, shut up. No, that's, that's not you. That's totally came up with that up here. It's nothing to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I started, that's how, you know, started doing that. Um, my wife is the person who made me do my first, um, you know, renegade piece. Uh, kids, kids were at camp and we were out to dinner and we'd been talking about it. And, um, I had, I had met Wordsmith at a, at a thing and, um, been communicating with him online and he was, you know, really supportive of what I was doing. And, um, and, you know, you, when you get those kind of, the people you look up to starting out to go, yeah, no, it's good. Do it. You go, Oh, okay. Um, and we were driving home and uh, from dinner and you know, she had that moment where she just goes, no, you just go home, go in the garage, get whatever one you want, get back in the car. We're going. And she, she, you know, she was my driver. And I was just like, really, this is, this is what we're doing. Yeah, great. Kids are at camp. Nobody's here. Awesome. Bells out. We're going to do it. Um, and it was great. And it was, that moment alone is a huge learning curve. Like, you know, turn off the dome light in the car before you hop out. Stuff like that, that you just don't really think about until the whole car lights up and you go, oh shit. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, I, 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 try to, I try to make sure that I, things are sanctioned, but, um, but there are pieces out there that are not, because I think that's part of, part of what it is. Um, and well, I absolutely. think you want to have something in a place where, you know, people kind of wonder, well, is that, is that legal or not? And when the hell did that guy get that thing up? Yeah. You know, that's what sometimes pulls people's attention to a piece, you know, and, and depending upon, you know, if it's a, a worthy cause, if it's a worthy concept you're going after, then, you know, my, my opinion is, you know, uh, no risk, no reward. You know, you gotta, you gotta take a little bit of risk if you want to get your message out there. Oh yeah. No, I was doing, I did a piece for um, uh, Powerbox for Sherman, City of Sherman Oaks uh, a couple weeks ago. And as I'm driving back, I drive past uh, over on Mulholland, your grumpy cat. And I, and I drove past it and went, was that there when I came up? Did teacher literally put it up while I was doing my box? And I was like, no, that had to have been a long time. I can't. And then you start, the gears start rolling because it is. Things that you drive past every day 
and then you suddenly go, wait, <laughs> when did that happen? Um, yeah. I think that that's just the beauty of, of, the, of the art form. It's a very transient thing that we do. So um, when things stay up, it's great. When they come down, you have those moments where you go, oh, all right, next weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know that feeling. Well, dude, I'd like to first of all, shout out to uh, your wife um yeah. for encouraging you and, and getting you uh getting you up and out there man that's awesome yeah. my uh <laughs> my wife the first time that she came with me uh it went slightly different <laughs> <laughs> um i had taken a uh a, a paper machine a newspaper machine that was uh broken and was laying on the side of the road and i brought it home and i fixed it up to where it looked like it was a, an actual monster with eyes and stuff like that. I took it back down town and dropped it off on the street right next to the LA times. And so the <laughs> wife went with me, um, to basically take pictures in the film. Okay. And everything went fine. You know, I stopped, hopped out of the truck, put a like an orange cone down. So, you know, it looked like I was it's supposed to be there doing what I was doing. Put the machine out, you know, the wife's sitting there filming and everything, hop back in the truck, and then the very last moment, the wife's going to hop back in, in the truck, and unfortunately wasn't fully paying attention to how high her head was as she was Oof. coming back in the, in the truck, and just nailed her forehead, you know, on the, on the side of the truck, Ouch. and like, kind of bounced back, and I was like, oh God, because it looked like for a minute that she was going to fall back onto the sidewalk and pass out. And like, here I am going, Oh my God, you know, like, and luckily she was, you know, she was like, Whoa. And then she, you know, grabbed the truck and she hopped in and sat down. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You almost <laughs> knocked yourself out um, there. So I don't think we're going to let you, we're not going to do that again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, very supportive, my wife. Very supportive. When I told her I was going to get started with the graffiti, you know, she understood why. You know, it's because she showed me that damn article in the newspaper talking about taking money out of the education budget and art out of schools. And, you know, I told her, I said, now, sweetie, though, the way I'm going to go after this, you know, it's, it probably won't be long before I get arrested, okay? And so you're going to have to come down and bail me out and everything. And she, you know, she's from Europe, dude. She's, you know, grew up in Germany and shit. So she didn't understand the whole bail bondsman thing and all that shit. I had to kind of explain it to her and tell her that, okay, what's going to happen to you? You're going to get a, a message probably, you know, from me early in the morning when you wake up one morning and it's going to be something like, hey, I'm down at the sheriff's office. Come down and bail me out. And that's exactly what happened, you know. When I got arrested, I left her the message. I'm like, hey, sweetie, <laughs> down at the sheriff's, West Hollywood Sheriff's Department. Can you, you know, come on down hey, here. At least, at least they took you to a nice one. You know, well, it's where I was. It's where I was, only because of where I was. You know what I mean? Like, if I yeah. was somewhere else, they would have they would have taken me elsewhere. But, um, no, yeah, I, I did luck out in, in, in that aspect. They didn't put me with the uh, general population. That would have that would have sucked. Are you speaking from the, experience, the, beloved? <laughs> I'm not. See, <clears throat> I, I, no. <laughs> no? Okay. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> Not, not know, everybody normally knows which jails are the nice jails, you know. You know. I have, um, I, I have, I had a, I have a, a father who is now retired, but was a lawyer, and I had oh, okay. friends who had dads who were judges, 
growing up. Um, and so I've, I've seen it from the, you know. That perspective. Yeah, yeah. the, the <laughs> chaos, walk, walk, on, walk on the line, Clarice. You You're know, from Pasadena. That, that is a nice one. I've been in that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, West Hollywood's good. They could have put you in county, teacher. That would have Well, you know what? Look here's, here's the story with that. Um, like, if I wanted to, I might have been able to go back and press charges that this the, the jailer at the time at the West Hollywood uh, Sheriff's Department knew exactly what he was doing, the son of a bitch. Um, he, he basically um, made my wife wait for a little over four hours in the uh, in the front in the front lobby with the uh, bail bondsman while he went out and ran errands, and he came back just in time for them to get me out before going to the county. Because if you're in their lockup for a certain amount of time, right. yep. then it doesn't matter what happens. <laughs> they take you to county, and that is where you stay until your court date comes up. And so, unfortunately, what happened for me was that jailer that was there at the time was just a bitter little old motherfucker that um, was that. <laughs> Here's the thing: what what I when I realized it was when he was booking me, and you know, or somehow the the subject of high school came up, you know, and and he was talking about how, like, you know, when he was in high school, he's you know the the big good-looking guys and, and girls and jocks used to pick on him all the time because he was kind of you know, small and not attractive and stuff. And I was like, well, dude, I was actually, I wasn't a jock myself, you know what I mean? I'm an artist, you know, I was an artist back then, so I was friends with everybody, you know, and so this, that, and the other. But I could tell that the fucker didn't believe me, you know? And, um, you know, for those of you who are listening, I'm kind of tall, and back then I was kind of good-looking and everything. And so this dude he used to be a model, man. Right, I, it's the back then. I like the back then. That's true. You're like seven feet, something like that. Once, <laughs> once uh, you hit fifty, you get shorter and uglier. Like each year that it goes by, and your ears get um, bigger too. Yeah, that, everything, everything is bigger that you don't want to, and, and hair goes, you know, uh, south and everything. Um, but at that time of my arrest, that was, uh, you know, almost nine years ago. Um, so, you know, it, it, I could just tell that this guy was just like, ha ha, I'm getting one back. I'm yeah. getting one of those, those big, good looking assholes back in high school. I'm getting them back. And that son of a bitch knew exactly how long to make me wait. And if I would have been there another 10 or 15 minutes, I would have been in county. But if that would have happened, then I could have gone back and prosecuted them because my wife and the bail bondsman were sitting out front and they had the time marked for that and everything. So I could have proved um, that he had uh, abused his, his power and I could have um, litigated him. However, like I said, he stopped. He let me out just in time, that little son of a bitch. So um, all bastards, man. That fuck you, that guy. If you're listening to us somehow, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, my life is great now and, and you're still suck. Anyway, I love so how you have not been arrested yet. No, I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm planning to avoid that. Um, Deal. I was too. <laughs> yeah, it's um, and it is. It's weird, you know. I was, uh, and I know Car Part talked about. Um, oh, uh, he's had he, some experiences. He's, he's had, he's had some experience. Um, he posted something, and I was sitting on the couch and like looked at it and went, "Oh shit, no!" And like. Text him. I was like, "Are are are you good?" He's like, "Yeah." 
I'm okay. But it hurts. Um, it hurts, man. It is. It's um, and and I think so much of it depends on what you're doing, who you're dealing with. I did um, I did a piece for uh, when Tom's Shoes did their anti-gun violence, big anti-gun violence. Crisis. Oh yeah, yes, I remember that. Um, did a piece for them, and we had we had permission from the building that we were painting. We did not have technical permission from the fenced out vacant lot next to the building where we were staging and accessing their building. Um, I say technical, technical because I left them a note that said, this is what I'm doing. If you have a problem, call me. And nobody called me. So I consider that to be an implied uh, acceptance of what I was doing. I think it'll stand up in court if it ever needed to be. Um, <laughs> Talk to we, Jeffrey Skland about that. Yeah, he's. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he got implied in fact contract. He's good with that. He'll go with me on that. Um, and he, um, we were maybe ninety eight percent finished with the piece, and this guy comes walking by and goes, "Hey, you're not supposed to be there." I said, "No, no, yeah, we are. It's okay. We're, you know, we have permission to do this. We, you know, he's like, he's like, you, he's like, I know, I know who owns that lot. You're not supposed to be in there." I said, no, no, no. I, I, I communicated with them. They never got back to me on it. They, you know, therefore, you know, it's good. And he's like, he's like, well, screw that, man. I'm calling the cops. The and old like, neighborhood well, vigilante fucko, huh? Yeah. And I said, I, I said, look, I don't really think that's necessary. He's like, well, fuck you. I'm calling the cops. And he goes running around the corner and the, the uh, two wonderful people who were helping me out. And I looked at them. I said, all right, you start getting the stuff. I'm going to finish this piece. Just <laughs> save the last ladder. And we've got great video of them throwing gear over you know, the fence and the people who own the building were going, here, we'll just put it inside. They're moving paint cans and scaffolding inside. Um, <laughs> so it was that, you know, and the, the wonderful girl who was, um, my friend who was helping me out, a friend of his was in town, was flying to China the next morning and had like a, this was her layover day in LA and she was helping us do this thing. And we finished the project. We didn't, we didn't get arrested. We go out for, for tacos for lunch afterwards. And she goes, you know, this was my best day in LA. She goes, and the fact that we almost got arrested makes it even better. I was like, all right, we're just gonna, <laughs> we're gonna stop there. That's the pinnacle. We're yeah. not gonna have yeah. the day when you do get arrested. We don't want that. We're cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's always, it's that adrenaline thing of, of going, oh God. That's, I don't wanna have to explain that to everybody. <laughs> totally man it's the feeling man so many so many artists explain that to me man yeah you know, so many artists come on and they tell us it's like hey man like it's the reason i do this is not to promote my art it's really just like for personal the feeling or for therapy you know what i mean so like you know i'm i'm starting to understand that more and more man you, you know what i mean that uh like there is no goal it's for yourself the process right it is a lot of it's the process a lot of it's getting it out there um Finding a good spot. You know, I, have, I have, I have, well, I have, you know, as I'm sure you guys, you know, are aware, you know, there's a pandemic going on right now still. Um, <laughs> Not according to certain uh, U.S. officials, it doesn't seem to be, we seem to be handling it. 99% of it's harmless. Well, it's the summer now, and he said the summer was going to kill it all, so we're good. It's going to magically go away. Just disappear. Magically um, go away. Yeah. Florida, well, you just came back from, you know, the hottest spot in the U.S. Florida's got, uh, 
Dude, I got to tell you, that was one crazy of stuff going on. Fucking visits with my dad because normally, you know, I like to take him out to to the local nice, nice restaurant because you know back when we were younger, you know, we'd eat at the house all the time and fix food at the house and everything. And and now that you know my mom's gone and, and you know we know that he has enough money to live, you know, at least somewhat comfortably. You know, anytime I'm in town, we go to restaurants only. You know, I, I finally figured out. I'm like, Dad, you know, no, we can go to restaurants. We can eat nice every every day that I'm here from now on. Okay, we're gonna eat at nice restaurants. You know, nice food. We don't need to worry about fixing our meals here and, and saving that money. Okay, because you enjoy going out. Couldn't do that this time. No one. Yeah. I mean, the restaurants are packing people in, and and no one's wearing fucking masks or anything like that. And my, you know, my poor dad he didn't understand that. You know, he. Yeah, zero fucks. He's not going to wear a mask or anything. And so she had to get the food and go home, you know? So I'm sorry. You were saying the, the pandemic. Oh, no. No, yeah. I mean, it is. Um, it is, And it's, you know, California's not doing as well as they were before, you know, but it's, it's nationwide. Um, and so it changes the way, it changes the way you work, I think, as an artist. I've done, you know, I'm doing a lot more stuff digitally, um, and you know canvases and stuff at home um when you do go out it's even more to the fact that you're like i'm you know fully geared up with your respirator and your gloves and and you stay like that until you get back in the car there's no yeah. you're not done and you're like <laughs> i'm good you know people come up and go that's great and you're like oh, i like it it's good um like darth vader <laughs> speaking to him yeah it's a it's a different way you know and they're they're equally equally geared up which is um which is good it's it's strange for it's strange for the kids it's strange for single people um you know oh, that was, I, I check in with my single friends as often as i can and just kind of go <laughs> are you good are you not insane yet um some people because, some people they're not used imagine to dating, alone, dating during the fucking virus during the pandemic i mean that's oh fuck man I don't know, Sorry, man. Bro. I feel like I feel like dating should be uh, a little bit easier. You, you know what I mean? Like everybody's just like longing for some like personal. <laughs> you know what, James? Let's do you know? check your feed. Let's do check your feed, right, James. Well, yeah, it sounds good, man. Let me just... This is uh, basically our part uh, where we actually just go in, and uh, James is able to use his fancy uh, machinery there to bring up um, your your uh, Instagram feed. And uh, so we call it, uh, you got the-, the Check your feed. Ooh. <laughs> Fancy Fancy, huh? I haven't gotten around to making oh, a- Oh, look at that. Great. I love it. Either, Sorry. Either Cuomo. I love that. Hilarious, man. <laughs> yeah, I, spent, I spent a lot of time watching CNN at this point. Oh, uh, sure. Well, <laughs> is it know, true? I, I try to watch them all. I try to watch them all. But, um, you know, I, I love the Cuomo brothers. Um, you know, I- Bless their heart. Uh, shout out to them. You know, I mean, they're they're serving their country, and one in the media, and one in uh, in Congress. I heard a rumor that, um, again, this is just you know that it's like Cuomo was like the the media one was like caught riding a bike while he was having coronavirus or something like that. Is that true? I don't know if that's true. I don't want to spread false rumors, but I I did hear that. Did you guys? Oh, well, he got he got the coronavirus. Um. Chris Cuomo, who is the uh, who's in uh, who's on CNN, um, uh, he he got the, the coronavirus and um, and it got you know it, it it pretty much ran him through it pretty pretty rough and um, yeah. he actually was advising uh, giving updates on um, 
on how it was going for him. And he said he's still not completely over it. So, um, no, I'm just anyway, saying, like, uh, there was a an LA Times article I saw about Cuomo test uh, negative for his antibodies, for the antibodies, because he had it. Because people, I, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I, to me, it doesn't really matter. I, I just want to uh, discuss it because, you know, a lot of times people, you know, you're either one side or you're the other side, and then you don't get a lot of, like, kind of, like, <clears throat> info that's going across, you, you know what I mean? But, you know, to me, my dad's a, such a fan of Cu uh, the uh, political Cuomo uh you know, Andrew Cuomo, basically, it's like, uh, you know, he still misses his rep daily reports, man, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, I mean, he was, look, you know, uh, Andrew was, was stepping up and giving more information than the president, you know, and, and like you would watch the New York updates just to yeah. get of what was going on in the It nation. was like a sense of unification, you, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, let's work together to uh, solve this issue. It wasn't, let's just use this opportunity to, uh, create more divisiveness right <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely but but yeah um, um so so what's your technique with this uh I'm, I'm just curious like are all these yours basically right uh yeah um some are i generally i generally try to start my personal stuff is i try to start with photographs that that i'm in 100 percent possession of mm -hmm. uh, um and then build from there. Um, some of them are um, the Cuomo brothers, because I've never actually photographed them, um, are you know screen grabs and then you, different layers, you know, you digitize and adjust and, um, you know, pen, pen in hand for me um, is atrocious, I'm not, I'm not one of those artists. I can't just sit there and draw something and have people go, "Oh, look, a stick man!" I'm like, "That's, <laughs> that's what that is." Um, but I've, no, I've no, managed no. to figure out what I can do digitally and and, um, and awesome. with the with the fun stuff on the iPad. Oh, I love that one. Um, so right now, for those of you who are just listening, um, the image that we're looking at right now um, is uh, showing a, a little girl at a microphone. It looks like she's performing or singing, possibly. And then her shadow that goes back to the form behind her. Um, now, let's see. I'm going to guess. Um, I'm, who is the uh, the black lady and the the, um, the singer that is in the shadow? It is actually, it's actually, somebody had asked me about this before. It's actually Angela Davis. Um, ah, okay. So it is the uh, more of a revolutionary point of view. But somebody had asked me if it was Betty Davis, um, who I had to actually pull up a photo of, who is almost a dead ringer too. She was a uh, '70s soul singer, right? Um, but it's those great moments where you kind of go, uh, "Yep, wrong one." Uh, Betty with a Y. <laughs> yeah, let me let me just pull it up before. No, no, different than that one, James. Yeah. Not that Betty Davis. Um, yes. I love that. I love that image. You know, because basically it's just it, you know it has this little girl, but uh, you know showing the shadow of a, of a great singer, um, which you know is is very very inspiring image for uh, you know for people uh, kids, um, you know just to see go. something like that and, and to have hope for their uh, for their kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean well, it's so much, especially with. With everything in the world right now, from the pandemic to the civil unrest to all of it, I mean, it's a great, 
it, it gets very close to the beginning of any great apocalypse movie. Um, if you were to try to script this, nobody would nobody would purchase it because they would just go, "That's insane!" You're right. So it's going to be a, a global pandemic, and then a race riots and revolution. Nobody would believe that. The president would do nothing. That's insane. Um, and that's exactly what we're going through right now. So it kind of you kind of try to to get it out there and, and get the vibe um, of, of what's going on in the world, which I think is a slight necessity and a, and a difficulty of art is you want to stay current and poignant um, without rushing the process um, because every yeah. we all get the same great ideas at the same time. Um, the uh, Sometimes. Yeah, you have that moment where you'll finish a piece and go, ha ha, and then you'll look through your feed and be like, damn it. Yeah. One day, I could have posted that yesterday and it would have been brilliant. Now I'm just a hack. Now you're just a copycat. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what you had going into it before. You, you have that moment. I have yep. this other piece I think is pretty cool, man. It's uh, nice. a little bit. Oh, little yeah. Little what we got here is, is basically a. Um, I, oh God, why am I blanking on his name? Andy Warhol, um, rendition of um, uh, the Marilyn Monroe, um, different colored, you know, uh, what do you call it? Four piece together. Um, we have like the uh, reoccurring image, but on the top left one, um, well, on the, on the three, she has a face mask. And then on the top one where she does not have a face mask, you have someone there that is with a roller that has the uh, the color blue on the on the roller, so it appears as if that person has actually rolled on the face mask onto the other peaches, which is just absolutely brilliant. Love it. And we did that one. Uh, that one I also did up on um, on Wasteland on Melrose when we're in the uh, Art Share LA. Did this great movement to uh, beautify board up um, businesses. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had, uh, we had little, little Ricky Diane and on and uh, talking all about it. Oh yeah, awesome. That looks great with all the others. Right um, next to uh, Little Ricky and uh, uh, Amy Smith, man. See, Amy Smith I love it, and man. David. Uh, uh, around Puck. the corner. Puck. Puck. Yeah. Yep. Who's uh, okay? So I got a quick question for you. Um, we we had talked earlier uh, with some of our other guests about. Um, you know how they feel about all the statues being torn down what's uh what's your take on you know all the the historic statues being torn down i i think that in in the evolution of any any country's history hang on one sec uh, i'm sorry i'm being i'm being disturbed by my my apprentice here um <laughs> cute little dog i, I think I think the, the, in the evolution of any country's history, you, you need to realize that you have made mistakes in what you have done. Um, and if you had put up a statue of somebody who, whether or not at the time was the right statue to put up, but later on have learned or realized or changed the propaganda, then you need to remove that obsolete icon. I mean, there's, you look at the Soviet Union would tear down, um, tear down statues of Lenin to put up statues of Stalin. 
you know, and That's then and eventually you tear those down. You're it's you're 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 praying to your god of the time, and people learn and evolve hopefully as as a as mankind as a society, um, and whatever statue we put up to replace the Confederate statues that have been taken down, when our kids are in our position, maybe there'll be another set of statues being taken down and other things will be put up. Um, to sit there and say, oh, it's, it's our history. You can't do that. Okay, we have a lot of shitty history. There's a lot of things that we've done as a as a country and as a and as a people to the indigenous people who were here first to any uh, foreigners who came to our, our country seeking the same solace and refuge that we sought that we now go no fuck you <laughs> we're full sorry um, you look back at uh, I'm my wife hates the story, but I'll tell it anyway. Um, my father and my wife is Jewish. I'm, I have Irish blood in me. And there was, a, there was a day that uh, my father was sitting at the dinner table with, with my eldest and we're all sitting there chatting and they're talking about the evolution of cultures and how even when he was growing up, any, you know, Irish in New York were not, were not treated well they were they were frowned upon you know there were signs up saying no no irish no dogs allowed and and you know the the jews were equally persecuted and the blacks were equally persecuted and he said and you get this problem where you've got the you know the, the jews were persecuted and the irish were persecuted and i said yeah and you get them together and we made organized crime and he goes no 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 that's not <laughs> the point of the story i said what is that there's Luciano and Meyer Lansky and Benny Siegel. He's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he's there's Italian. Always, <laughs> there's always, there's always somebody. We haven't evolved as a people yet to fully embrace everyone, which is what we're getting to now. Which I think is the amazing thing about uh, everything going on with uh, with Floyd is you have people taking a stand with groups that they normally wouldn't. And there's this, there's this unity in the diversity of people coming forward and saying, no, you're wrong. This shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen this way. You know, if you're, you're tearing down the statues of the people who are represented the old way of being. And, um, and I look to, you know, I, as much as we would like to do in our, in our generation, you and you and I, teacher, and James, you've got a couple years to figure this out as you keep going. Um, but I, I really, I look to what our children are learning and the viewpoints that they have, um, and I, and I feel like they are better informed and better educated about the universe than than we were as kids. Agreed. Um, Absolutely. So, so you look to that and you kind of have, you have that hope. Um, my youngest will, you know, tell me who is, you know, tell me about a friend of his at school. And they'll be like, oh yeah, my, my buddy James. So I'll be like, oh, what's, I said, what's James like? I don't know. I don't know James. Tell me about him. He's like, he likes red shirts. And you're like, that's it? 
that's that's where you go. He's well, he's not like he's got hair like mine, but it's darker. But he wears red shirts, and it's like, and that's the end of his description. He doesn't see beyond that. He doesn't go, oh well, he's he's Chinese or he's black or he's he's Indian. He's he's cool. He's got dark hair and wears red shirts, and it's like that gives me such such hope as a as a parent and as you know a human cool. that yeah. that that's the viewpoint now, and it really has shown in. Uh, in the way that I think people have handled the civil unrest, there's always going to be opportunistic people, you know, yeah. using using the message wrong to advance themselves. But I think for the most part, you've had it across the board, and you've had just what the Supreme, the last three rulings that the Supreme Court has brought down that you go, okay, yeah. you guys are yeah. you're three for three right now. Yes, with the, absolutely, we're getting woke. Yeah. Starting to get woken up really interestingly lately. I agree, absolutely. I, I was mentioning earlier, um, uh, one of our uh, podcasts, as we were talking about this this subject earlier, and um, you know, I, I, I hate to see you know um, statues destroyed um, just because the artistic uh, you know intent that went into them and making them exact and look good for whatever they were intended to or right. whatever but um so i was thinking maybe it would be good if we had a uh, a building where we put all those statues that we tore down so that we don't forget about it you know um, because if we just tear if we take these statues down and get rid of them you know then i can understand you know the point of some people making that point well that if you you know you maybe then you forget about that and it's not as important you don't remember it as well these are the reminders you know, that maybe you want to have around to remind you that this was wrong or that was wrong. And, you know, and I, I, the more I think about that, it's like, well, that's, that is true. But, you know, location is everything, you know. And, um, you know, if you want to have something to focus on to put you on a positive path, then it depends on the location where you want to put that thing that you're going to be focusing on most of the time. Whereas if you have something that represents a mistake that has been made you don't necessarily want to be focusing on that as much you know if you want to try to keep your you know a positive outlook and, and, and energy in that right direction so um you know that's I, I the more i think about it the more i think that you know we we should hold on to these statues and there should be a place for them but it shouldn't be such a prominent place that is, you know, focused on so that it, you know, people don't get the wrong idea. Well, yeah, a friend of mine, and I'm gonna say that because I can't remember who told me that. Recently in a conversation on the same point, somebody suggested a museum of ignorance. And we'll just, we have a museum of tolerance, we'll just have a museum of ignorance. where we take all the statues of these people and you can go and you can take field trips with the school and go remember when General Lee, they thought he was a great guy. Well, he killed this many people, enslaved this many people, and tortured this many people, so don't do that. And then you go on to the next statue in the Museum of Ignorance, and you just kind of have this reminder of, of the foibles of the uh, American experiment. I like it. I like it. I like that you also brought up, uh, you know, the, the Museum of Tolerance to help yeah. uh, establish a precedent. Uh, yeah. I like that. Just letting it makes you guys a lot know, of sense to me. If you're ever in Atlanta, there's a great museum that nobody really talks about called the Apex Museum. Um, it's basically 
uh, museum about slavery, man. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, it, it literally, have you, have you guys heard about it before? Yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah, so, basically, uh, I mean, it literally shows, here, let me pull up a, just some screenshots of this right now. I mean, it literally shows the whole slate. It's done by the black community. It literally shows like the whole kind of like uh, slave experience. It's really brutal, actually. Experience. Yeah, yeah, it's very brutal, man. You, you know what I mean? So it's just like, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, you know, what I mean, I mean, and it's like, it's only like seven bucks and stuff like that, man. So I mean, you know, I like, I think like, you know, they're, I don't know if they would want to curate, it just depends on the people, I guess. But I mean, you know, like you said, if there's like a hall of ignorance, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, well, you but know. here's another example of, of an establishment you know, that, that is already there that, um, that helps to, um, you know, cement the idea and initiative of, of something like that when you have a, a museum like you were just showing there, James. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think there's something there. I think that we should, uh, as long as the narrative know. is correct, you know, you know what I mean? Because I think like, you know, if yeah. you look at Berlin and you can see, the uh, all these like monuments about hey the mistakes uh, we made as Germans basically and you get to see the all the uh, y you know different public things that are dedicated to the Jews that were killed basically in Berlin you, you know um, and, you, you know I, I just think that you know sometimes if we scrub clean our history we're just gonna repeat it you, you know I mean over and over again like you, you know we need yeah. to have sort of like reminders you, you know what I mean and you know, just taking it down and throwing it in the river. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. I mean, at the end of the day, like they even, you know, they're, they're just lashing out. What, I, what I'm worried about this movement is like, there's no leader. It's just like, you know, they have Killer Mike <laughs> as the leader, you, you know what I mean? And then like- Well, yeah, and what happens when you don't have a leader is you have a bunch of people that are trying out. to be impressive, okay? Because there is not a central leader. You have people who are wanting to be that leader. So they're going to be doing acts to try to establish themselves as the leader and that's that that that's a you know and we get basically it's a, like uh, there was an abolitionist uh uh you know people that helped the slaves and then like his 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 uh statues were uh like you know defaced basically you know what i mean so it's just like it's one of these things i'm worried about that since there really isn't uh a figurehead you know like martin luther king or somebody like that you know what i mean that's kind of directing like you know, we just have celebrities, basically, like Beyonce, Dave Chappelle, that are kind of like speaking out for the for the movement, you know, nobody who really has a, you know, any political experience, in my opinion, you, you know, what I mean, so I don't know, it's just concerning, but it's good to talk about just talking about it with you guys makes me feel better, because I don't want to feel like connected to a statue or something, you, you know, I mean, it's like, who the fuck cares about a statue, but it's more like kind of it's, it's, it's like, it's a uh, kind of like testing where your boundaries of your moral values are and you know in, in artist artistic values too right you know and also your your sensitivity to uh you know your surroundings yes yeah. you got a lot of people that can walk by a, a statue and not look at it twice you know most people <laughs> or Sarah, right do that. <laughs> and then uh and then you got the other end of the spectrum which is where you got people yanking them down you know and it's, you know what, um, when you think about what we've come from, um, you know, there's a fucking civil war about this shit. We lost more lives in that civil war than any other war there's ever been. And it was us killing each other. And we're still doing it. You know, we're still doing it. And I think it, there's always going to be, 
you know, some degree of that because of all the different people and different races and different ideas and philosophies. Um, and I think that, that, you know, we got to, as long as we can realize that, then it helps us understand why there is so much violence because there used to be a shitload more. You used to have half the country trying to kill the other fucking half the country in battle. Over 600,000 you know? people died in the Civil War, man. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, so it's just communication. You man. can't you can't just calm that down to fucking zero and expect no violence or no, you know, uh, misunderstandings, arguments or anything like that. Um, but you, all, you also have to bear in mind, um, which I think as a parent, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll appreciate as a country compared to Europe and the you know, rest of the civilized world. We're teenagers. We're yeah. we're a baby little country that threw a temper tantrum and left. That that yeah. was our establishment. Um, yeah. Not that that wasn't the right thing to do. At, you know, I wasn't there. I, it, history seems like it was good, but um, but that's that's what happened. There there was a group of people who said, "Fuck that, Dad! I'm not doing that. I'm getting on a boat and I'm going to go, and you can't stop me." Yeah. And we are still figuring it out and yeah. there are going to be mistakes and there are going to be revolutions with no leader. Um, and you look at the way my favorite, the, the, the timeline of history, when you, when you lay everything out on the table, um, the, uh, the guillotine French revolution, the guillotine, was last used in the 70s, I think it was. I think 1970-something was the last time they used the guillotine. Wow. We view that and go, no, that was got to be in the 1200s. No, it was. we were a country at the time. We had already had a revolution when that was going on, but we're taught it in such a bubble that you look at these different... You, nobody ever teaches the timeline of the world at the same time. Right. That's right, and 1977. So you lose that. So 77? Yeah, 77. He was executed yeah. for torturing, uh, the torture slaying of his girlfriend, basically. That was 1977 in France. So while say, you man, and I were alive, that teacher, fucker disturbed it. Fuck that guy. Hey, I always say, man, but people, people were savages until the 70s, man. <laughs> it is. Until they saw Vietnam on TV and like that shit, everybody knew it, man. Like everybody was a savage, man. Everybody was, I'm, I'm just saying, people were dirty as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, they were renegades. <laughs> but I mean, that's, but that's the thing. You got to look at that. So in our lifetime, teacher, somebody was killed with a guillotine. I mean, it, that's got to blow your mind a little bit. Because According to the law. You know what I mean? It wasn't a torture thing. It wasn't, it was sentence. It was sentencing and they had it, and it fucking happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, according, you know, supposedly in Texas, there's still a law on the book somewhere as the uh, justifiable self-defense is just needed killing. Yeah. You know, that you know, was the rationale. I thought, um, I thought they're done with uh, uh, the electric chair, but apparently they still did it in no. 2018. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, so this is the thing. When you look at the brutality of man, yeah, fuck. We need some revolution now and, now and again to stir things up and make people, you know, reevaluate where they stand on these things. And watch this. I'm going to bring this full circle here. And that's what we do. If you look at, you know, 
Toulouse Lautrec and all of the uh, Moulin Rouge artists of you know, France and Europe, they were they were the first to be doing um, lithographs because yep. they could get the propaganda out quicker. They could get Posters. it done and get it to the people. And on a fun note, propaganda was never a bad word until World War II when yeah. they started saying, no, 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 what we tell you is the truth. They're telling you There's propaganda. Yep, there you go. Propaganda used to just be media. That was the inf that's that was the name for it. We were telling you information, it was called propaganda. We made it negative because it was more beneficial to us. So you gotta be on the right side of the history and be revolutionary enough to get your message out and don't get arrested or guillotined while you're doing it. Amen to that. Well, dude, we've gone way over an hour. Um, <laughs> where uh what is the best way for people to see your work, get in touch with you? Uh, easiest way is through Instagram. It's at B-L-U-V underscore art. And then uh, it's got links to the website and all that fun stuff. Or wander around my backyard. That's the other. I've you got to do a collaboration that. with Bumblebee, man. I mean, oh, wait, real quick. We didn't even ask you. Where did the bee come from? Bee, like the bee come from? Yeah. Okay. So bee, bee love. Um, at our, before uh, the house we lived in before this, we had a chalkboard wall in the kitchen because it was a good way to just write down grocery lists and all that fun stuff. And Dude. I was walking through one day and wrote the word B, B, E, E, and drew a big heart around it and got my cup of coffee and walked away. And my wife walked by later and she goes, oh, yeah, be love. And then my kid walked by later and was like, ah, be love, I like that. And I was like, well, shit, that's it. It's be love. Um, <laughs> And that just, that just kind of happened. And it, uh, it always seemed like a good message. And, uh, and it makes people not know how to pronounce it, which is even better. <laughs> I love that, man. Like I said, you should do a collaboration with Bumblebee, man. I mean, you guys have different styles. I, I, would, I would love to. I love his stuff. I, I, I see he's, he runs the same you know, neighborhood circles, it seems like, that I do. I see his stuff everywhere. Yeah, man. I mean, just I guarantee him, you, you know, if you do a if you do a piece with a with a with an actual like a bumblebee or a bee, and you do something that has to do with killer, like killer killer bee or something like that, and you uh, tag uh, Ben Saunders, he will fucking love that, man. <laughs> All right, whip it, whip out my murder hornet. There you go. <laughs> and uh, hey, we just got to okay. ask. Lastly, because uh, we got your recommendation uh, for you to come on the show. Uh, from uh, Stephen Levy is one of the people. Have you done a piece oh, yeah. of, St of Stephen Levy yet? Just curious. Have you done a stencil of him yet? I did. I have. <laughs> I have paid my homage to the uh, to the Medici family. There you go. <laughs> um, there. There's my Levy. <laughs> it's become a running bit in this show, man. It is, you know what it I mean? is. It is a rite of passage in this town, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, um, gotta gotta do a stencil of uh, of Stephen Levy. There it is. There's the cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was my piece for Levy. Um, and then it took a while to get to him because he is um, he is always out in the world and then tells you about it afterwards. Yeah. So you'll get these calls. He'll be like, "I was in your neighborhood." And you're like, "Well, fuck, man. Why? I sitting in the car. Why didn't you do this?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't think about it." <laughs> but he has um yeah i i i, I still have to write a song about him man. i told him i'd write a song about him man so <laughs> he, he he connected he's it's very weird i got connected to him 
through Wordsmith. Oh, when okay. they were doing the projection project, maybe contacted me and said, uh, said, so Wordsmith said you might be uh, interested in doing this piece. And I kind of went, um, yeah, I have no idea what this is, but sure. I didn't know Wordsmith was recommending me for things. Yeah, this is fucking great. This is, this is it. I'm, I'm made. That's awesome, um, man. But it is, and it's, that is the running joke. Um, and we're, not, we're still not sure. I was talking to him the other day, and I said, you know, the funniest thing about you is I feel like I've known you for a while, and I feel like I literally know nothing about you except what you want people to know. Oh, you got to listen to this. Oh, okay, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and he said, and, no. And he goes, no, no. He goes, seriously, anything you want to ask me. And I don't even remember what the question was. And he goes, yeah, I'll tell you about that later. And I'm like, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you got to listen to his uh, uh, interview with uh, Franklin, actually. You know what I mean? He Like, uh very serious very serious <laughs> it is they are no he is um i i i am he, he is a great guy and, and i'm i'm i treasure our friendship but yes there he he is the it is if you want to do street art in this town you have to you have to do your levy piece to and then you got to do be allowed on the, on the walls yeah <laughs> and this like, time was paid for and this advertisement was paid for by Stephen Levy. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. We love you, man. Yeah. And you know what? For those of you who he don't know, we, we love you. He introduced me to a to teacher at the art show. That was the first time I met a teacher was, was through oh, yeah. Levy. That's yeah. right. And he, he goes, you know him. Guy, you guys should talk. That's how we introduce everybody. He goes, teacher, yeah. be loved. You guys should talk. And you go, oh, Okay. Cool. Well, you know, we, we love the kid about him, but the dude uh, has got a heart of gold. And yeah, man. Every year he raises Shout a ton out, of dude. money for St. Jude's Hospital, yeah. Children's Hospital. And um, I, you know, love the guy for that uh, my, forever. So. My, I know we're over on time. My little one helped me out and did a collaborative piece with me for the St. Jude's auction. Do you have, James, if you still have the Instagram up? Uh, yes, uh, I do. I'm very curious. It is the big giant spray painted bull. Okay, let's see here. Going down, down, down. Can be a little bit further, probably. Just, uh, okay, so that one right there. Up, back. Oh, dude. That's awesome. I so that is, that. <clears throat> he, my eight-year-old came up with the bull design, and then we, uh, we both painted it on a giant canvas, and then I stenciled uh, my little painter dude, which is life-size of him, which I thought was great on that size canvas. Perfect. Um, and so he has, uh, he is a legitimate working artist now. He has sold a piece in a charity auction, which is better than most <laughs> of us have done. Love that. That's love awesome, that, dude. Man. I love that piece, man. Starting them early, man. Love that. Man. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, shoot, man. We want to invite you out when we have our uh, sticker party, man. And so uh, we yeah. can get some of these. Uh, I'm sure you got some stickers you want to hand out to everybody, too, right? The merch meetup. We do. We'll slap you guys up. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, dude. man. So uh, is there any, uh, you have a website or anything like that? I know we promoted the Instagram already. Um, any other uh, uh website's just beloved uh, one word dot com. Um you can find it on the Instagram and link it to it. B dash love dot com. Uh, I think it's just B L U V dot B dash L U V. 
com. Yeah. And uh, awesome, man. Well, shit, man. We look forward to talking to you again, man, and, uh, you know, meeting you in person when this shit's all over, man. So. I know. Once, once we can all go out in public again, it'll be, a, it'll be an experience. <laughs> Hell yeah, well, man. When we can go out and hang out together. We all yes. go out in public and do our thing, but we look forward to being able to hang out and maybe uh, sharing a pint and yeah. you know, look at each other in the face to face. It is. It's weird. I'm getting so used to just like this is how I communicate with everybody now. It's starting to be strange to actually interact with, you know, human contact. You're going to be like, wait, where? I don't know where I look. I get I know, it. Right? I know. Right? 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 Camera. If I'm looking at the screen, it's, uh, <laughs> my eyes are here. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you guys, man. Quit looking at my mask. Quit looking at my mask. One inch higher. Hell yeah, man. Thank you guys, man. Well, to the audience, man, thank you guys. Appreciate you guys to our patrons. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Um, you know, uh, we, we have a lot of good stuff in store for you. We're going to send our stickers out soon. And uh, you guys, love you guys. Take care. Peace. Thanks, bro. Thanks again for coming, B-Love. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. Peace. Later. Later.